Welcome to the Red Hot Chili Prepper podcast. This is episode number 44. I'm Suzanne Sherman. Jeff Johnson and I will be talking about generators today. This episode is going to be in response to a listener request to discuss generators and specifically what's the best means or the best model and the fuel to uh, to get them up and running. Jeff, we've talked about propane, gas, petroleum gas, diesel gas, as well as natural gas. And we're going to get into that today. And the answer, like everything preparedness related is, it depends on your situation. Before we get rolling, though, I want to remind you that you can follow us on Anchor Anchor FM. From there, they branch out to Apple, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. You can directly support our show from the Anchor FM page. You can also do so by going to Suzanne C. Sherman com where you can find my blogs on preparedness as well as suggested reading. If you go to the suggested reading page, you can order books through my Amazon affiliate. That's another way to help us out. You get some great reading material at no extra cost to you. I also have set up Amazon affiliate links in the blogs as well. So not only will I show you how to do things like canning and freeze drying, but I will have links to show you how to get the equipment you need to do your uh, preparedness tasks. Jeff, we've been talking a lot about getting ready for winter. We've been talking a lot about power outages. I believe it was on episode 42, we were discussing um, what happened in Hurricane Ida and why the power grid over in that part of the country was so vulnerable. And uh, we want to finish up and, and kind of round this conversation out and talk a little bit about how you can be resilient at home and maintain power during a power outage. We know that there are generators that are portable. You can also have them that are set up to go on and fire up whenever there is a power outage and your generator can power up your entire house. Jeff, what are you, uh, what are you doing right now for power if it goes out? I have a portable generator that is uh, out in my shed. I act as the transfer switch, so I turn off the breaker to the outside world. That's what the transfer switch is for. It cuts off the power from the outside coming in because you don't want to backfeed down the line. And I act as my own transfer switch. I turn the breaker off. I hook up my generator, get it running, and then I will turn on the breakers in the houses I want them on. So that is what I'm doing now. I have a rather large one. It will, I don't have a terribly large house, so I. Don't need a huge one, but I have a big enough one that I can run everything in my house. I can run my pump, my heat, everything in the house will run, and it, it's sufficient for that task. You know, I have purchased a Generac, and we'll get into that. You know, we have the difference between the, the portable generators, and then I have a standalone one outside my home that will fire up every uh, my barn, my storage sheds, the workshop, the guest house, everything in my house. I believe that's a 17 kilovolt. And what I plan on is if I have to use that, I'm not going to be running a vacuum cleaner or my range. I mean, heck, I hardly run my vacuum cleaner these days anyway, or a blow dryer. Jeff, I know that's not a problem for you, but you know, there are certain things I'm going to modify and do without in the event that I have to run this for the long term. You were talking about a transfer switch and to someone like me, that's not very good at stuff like this. That can be kind of an overwhelming and intimidating uh, discussion, but maybe you can explain briefly 
and then people can do some more research on what's involved. I, I'm, I've never owned a generator. I'm going to go out and buy a portable generator in case the power goes out. We've got a long, cold winter coming. What do I need to do so I can run that generator? It, very simply, if you just want to buy a portable and you're going to leave it on your deck, you do not bring your portable generators in your house. Just think about the fumes. You'll put it on your deck. You can run an extension cord and run your refrigerator or freezer, a couple things. If that's all you want, if that is the extent of what you need, that's sufficient. You may only need a five uh, five thousand watt or a kilo, yeah, five thousand watt, five kilowatt generator at that point. It doesn't need to be terribly large. Mine's a ten thousand, and like I said, my house is not that particularly large. The biggest draws I have would be my uh, well because it's a two twenty well and it. It draws a lot. It surges really hard when it come when it comes on. So with me, I have it set up so I have it out in my shed. I plug it into an outlet that's wired back to my breaker. I shut the breaker off to the outside uh, coming in to the inbound from the grid, and that's the that is what a transfer switch is going to do. You get automatic ones, and if you're going to do an automatic one, it would behoove you to hire a licensed electrician to do this okay you may be maybe you're very handy and you can do it that's fine but a lot of people aren't and when you're dealing with electric you want to do it safely so if you're going to buy a transfer switch with your uh generac a lot of some of the generacs come with the transfer switch included in the price just get an, a good reputable uh, licensed electrician to put that transfer switch in so that it operates safely because you do not want to backfeed down the line because if it backfeeds down the line, the electric company may be out there repairing whatever's causing your electric to be out and you could actually shock the line workers while they're working if it, you allow it to backfeed down the line. And I assume that the cost for such repairs will be appearing on your monthly electric bill. <laughs> Well, it, it probably uh, somebody's going to come and visit because, uh, you know, you just electrocuted somebody. But, you know, seriously, just go ahead and hire someone to do it. It's necessary. You have to disconnect from the grid to run your generator. So just please uh, be sure you get someone that's uh, reputable and licensed to do it. So I'm frequently asked, what's the best generator for my needs? And the answer is always that depends on your unique and personal situation, like pretty much anything when it comes to preparedness and self-reliance. So the way we're going to break this down is talk about portable generators. Then we have the standalone generators, like I have the Generac. And if we're throwing out any brand names here, it's because we're, it's what I use. So I am not going to go down a rabbit hole about products with which I'm not familiar. I do have a Generac as um, we talk about the portable. The one I have was a Honda. I'm Again, I wish I had a financial relationship with these companies, but I don't. And if I did, I would disclose it. And then also my family in California actually had a large industrial generator installed that ran on natural gas that came through the city. So we'll discuss again the pros and cons for that. So, Jeff, you have a portable generator and you were kind enough to, you know, warn us about some things to do when we when we uh, get that up and running. And also, I cannot <laughs> we cannot overestimate the importance of letting people know and, and not trying to dumb down this show. But it does happen. It doesn't take long to issue this warning because if people do it, 
the outcomes could be catastrophic for your family. Never run a generator in the home. It's fine to use an extension cord for your generator and your appliances. Do not do so for space heaters. Never use an extension cord for that. I know I'm digressing a little bit, but I, I, I would be you know <laughs> remiss in my obligation to our listeners if we didn't point these things out. So also, if you're going to have this generator running out by the house, make sure it's not going to be near an open window where fumes can also be brought into the home. So Jeff, back in California, we also had a uh, portable generator and it was a Honda. And that thing had been sitting in my garage out here and we had not used this. And this was powered by gasoline. And I don't advise anybody to do this. If you have a generator, fire it up, make sure it's in good working order. Um, and not an hour before the hurricane hits, okay? You have plenty of notice when stuff like that happens. Many times you know if you're in an area that does have significant uh, power outages like we had when I was in California, the rolling blackouts, just not enough power to keep the grid going out there. Too many homes sucking off the power there. You need to be able to have them up and running. Check on it, make sure they're running. Jeff, this one hadn't been touched in over 20 years. I wanted my boy's dad to take it home with them, and I said, here, take this generator. And then he asked, when's the last time this thing's been started up? And I said, I don't know, at least 20, 25 years. And uh, my older son took it out, pulled that, pulled that cable, and it fired right up. So I have nothing but the best uh, things to say about that little generator there. And so, Jeff, let's talk a little bit about gas. I think for the portable generators like this, it's very common for them to run on gasoline. And I guess they also have diesel models. Why don't you maybe explain the pros and cons of both of those and how they function, and then maybe we'll talk about storage. I don't know that there's a terrible lot of advantage over a gasoline as opposed to a diesel. Diesel engines tend to last a little longer. I, I don't know that there's a terrible amount of difference. Now, if you have diesel, uh, a lot of diesel at your house, say you have tractors, it may just behoove you to have it just because you simply have a lot of diesel there. You don't keep a lot of gasoline in your inventory at home. If you have a little lawnmower and you keep 20 gallons of gasoline, you're likely to want that gasoline one. So I don't know. It really just comes down to what you need and what is that best fits your needs in that area. Um, if you're going to go the gasoline route, see, I didn't do that on either of the ones I bought. And, I, and so I'm going to suggest something that I didn't do. And I wish I had done. Uh, I wish I had bought a multi-fuel. So if I, I wish I bought the gasoline one that if I wanted to, I could buy a little kit and convert it over to propane. Had I, I wish I had done that. I bought both of mine before I really was able to, you know, I didn't know a lot about these. And I kind of just lot, learned a lot more over the years. So I wish I had gotten the multi-fuel or dual fuel, I think they call them. So gasoline, propane, and it's just a conversion kit that changes it to propane. So you might want to consider that as well. You know, the other thing, when you mentioned propane, I'm a big fan, as you know, um, of items that we can stock up on that have multiple functions. So with the propane, you can have that canister and you can use that to fire up your grill or your camp stove. And there's your your alternative for the English speaker <laughs> means of cooking your food, boiling water if you need to, and you can use it for your generator. So I think that's a great idea. If I was out there looking for a new model, that's exactly what I'd be looking for. 
So I presently heat my house and cook with propane. So for me, it would have been a, a real fit for me to get a dual fuel and I could have just hooked it up to the propane and then I would have been fine. But I didn't know these things back then. I do know now. So when I do make my eventual move up to my new property in Maine, um, I will buy, uh, make sure that I buy a dual fuel and that'll be part of my homestead there. I'll have a dual fuel and I'll, I will hook that up to propane immediately because that way I won't be hauling gasoline. I will have propane heat up there to supplement wood stove. So if I'm away, I can keep the house warm so pipes don't freeze. You know what I like about that idea as well is I believe there are some adapters and I might want to look for the, some of those out here because I've got a 250 gallon propane tank for my guest house. And then I think about 2,500 that I use for the main house, which the generator is, um, is attached to. But what I really like about that option is I can get this little adapter that attaches to your propane tanks. And from that, you can fill up the canisters that you use for your barbecue. You know, those white ones, I don't know how many gallons, maybe five gallons in those. So you could refuel those easily. So I could do that if I didn't have my Generac hooked up to the house, or I could even refuel for the ones that I use just for cooking rather than going down to the feed store and doing that. You know, then you're you're traveling with combustible fuel as as little as possible. I like that idea as well. And that's why I also liked what you mentioned about if you're a farmer that has some tra that has a lot of large tractors, you might have a tank for diesel out there. And if that's the case, how easy would it be? In fact, when I got this place, I had a 250 gallon tank that was used specifically to store diesel. And I did some bartering with my neighbor. I had no use for it, but they needed it because they had some diesel running tractors. So I gave them that. And they gave me some really nice moose meat and some beef. They raised cattle. It was a good trade as I was, as far as I was concerned. But if you have something like that and can refill it, from home, whichever one you're using, think about the convenience to you. One of the things I don't like about storing gasoline is many people store a lot of um, their supplies, for instance, in their garage. And then they also have a water heater in your garage. So again, that sets up a recipe for disaster. If the vapors, if the, if the can isn't sealed properly, vapors build up in the garage if you haven't opened it for a while. And then it comes into contact with a pilot light. So that's something to think about. I'm not comfortable storing a lot of gasoline. At the beginning of the winter, I top off my Ranger that I use for plowing and taking my trash to the dumpster and my John Deere tractor. And one tank of that should get me through the, the winter purposes that I have. And if it doesn't, I'll keep about five or six five-gallon uh, canisters of gas, especially in my in my garage, I don't have any water heaters or anything with a pilot light in there, so it's perfectly safe. Did you want to say something? Yeah, I want to address these gasoline cans. I have not started purchasing them, but I'm going to eventually replace all my plastic ones with steel ones. They're much safer. They de they close down and they seal, so you won't get the fumes coming off. And there's lot they're much more sturdy. They're not going to be punctured easily. So I'm going to start replacing all mine. They're not cheap. They're around the $50 mark. Uh, so they're not something that you're going to, unless you have the funds to do it, you're not going to go out and buy six or seven of them right away. But I'm going to replace them a little bit of a time at a time. Uh, so do think about that. Uh, f store, uh, fuel storage is important. 
a garage with a, a, a um, water heater with a pilot would probably be a bad idea. I have an outbuilding. I keep all my gasoline out in the outbuilding. It's uh, pretty. It's not airtight, so it gets a lot of air movement through it. That is a real concern is this proper storage of whether it's gasoline or diesel. You know, and also one thing I do for when I put my RV up for the winter time is I put some stable in the gas. I don't know. I, I have not done that with fuel that I've stored in the cans. But let's say somebody wants to have a gasoline powered generator and they want to have 50 gallons, say, of gas on hand in case they need that. Because maybe they live again where there are hurricanes or ice storms and the power goes out. How much how much stable should they put in a five gallon can of gas? I do not know the mixture. Uh, read the <laughs> bottle. I, I have stable. I put it in every fall. I, I definitely treat my gasoline so it will be good through the winter. Because if it, if the power goes out, I want it to be good. I want it to, I want to be able to put refill my generator so it'll run as long as possible. Just read the bottle. It'll tell you how much to put in, how many ounces per gallon. And so if you have a five-gallon can, you just multiply times five and you're all set to go. And honestly, I, I'd rather people find that information out themselves because if I get it wrong, <laughs> she told me to do it this way and she screwed up. She owes me a new generator. No, I, I don't. So uh, there are also some, I was doing a little bit of research onto this and there are also some solar power generators out there. I don't know if I would rely on that for my home, particularly where I am. It gets so flipping windy and then the snowstorms we have. I don't think I would be able to count on that to keep my home heated, but maybe to um, have something to, you can just use some sort of solar powered, you know, rechargers or something for something small. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of solar after learning how expensive they are to maintain. And what are you going to do when they fail? I well, guess you could, the same argument could be made for what about when you run out of gas? At least the or, sun's not going out. Or if it <laughs> just breaks down, it won't start. So, yeah. I mean, I, I sent you a link on those. Those things will work great if you lived in the desert south, southwest, say Arizona yeah. or New Mexico or even Texas, where you get you have endless days of sunshine. You will be, those would work very well for you, I think, because it would it would definitely get enough sunlight. Now here in my neck of the woods. It's hard. It's hard to believe, but we are not that far off from Seattle in the number of su uh, sunny days. We get a lot of rain here, a lot of cloudy days. It's raining right now. So here, a solar generator may not be the best option. It might be a good thing just to hold on in a prep so you have a, an alternative. So, so say the gasoline when you run out of gas and you're just not able to get down and get some right away. Maybe it'll be, work enough to keep you in electric for a little while. Uh, so it, it's an option. Uh, just check it out if you think that's the a better way for you. I'm betting those aren't going to be cheap either because it's something that's kind of cool and it's going to cost a lot of money. And at this point, everybody's struggling. And finances, I have found, Jeff, to be probably the top reason that people don't get prepared, especially now. How many people lost their livelihoods? in the past two years and are, are struggling just to pay their rent or their car payments, their mortgage, uh, medical bills, what have you. 
look at on SuzanneCSherman.com prepping and finances. And on that article, we help you prioritize and give you a, a reasonable starting point. A reasonable starting point is not going to be a solar power generator. If you're wondering where to start, I would start with yeah. something more basic. Let's move on after we take a quick break for our friends at Acre FM. And then we're going to talk about the Generac. That's the generator I have. We'll be right back. your mind and left you behind i told you the tables would turn now don't look to me for sympathy because baby that bridge has been burned don't try to explain the dead and the pain like always your words are just hollow Welcome back to the Red Hot Chili Prepper Podcast. I'm Suzanne Sherman. Jeff Johnson and I are talking about generators. In the first segment of the show, kind of went all over the place talking about different types of fuels, particularly for the portable generators. We also covered some important safety considerations and features in getting your portable generator set up. So what I and what I decided to do at this home here when I moved to Utah was we set up a Generac. Again, I have no financial connections with Generac. I know there are other models out there, but this is what I got and it is set up so if the power goes out, my Generac is on within about 20 seconds. I mean, it is really, really fast and uh, it is, it's easy. It, and my fuel that I use for this is exclusively propane. I have about 2,500 gallons of propane and that is what will run my generator. If I know the power is going to be out for a long time, Jeff, you were talking about that transfer switch. My son had showed me when we had this installed what I need to do if I wanna save the fuel for this generator. Um, I will shut it off at night. I will probably shut it down for a longer period and not open my refrigerator or freezer, only open it if there's something I need to get out of there when it's running and then just keep that to a minimum. I'm also very fortunate because where I live, if the power is out for a long time and I don't want to run the generator, but I need to worry about my food in the freezer, I just put my food outside. <laughs> it's it's not going to thaw out in the winter time, so I'll be good for that. So I also want to build a root cellar, but that's a topic for another show. So here's what I've done. The Generac went in right away. It is hooked up to propane, and I suppose you can also have them. I don't know if they're if they're fueled by gasoline as well. I suppose they are. I would not want to have to be running out there, particularly if the weather's inclement. Where I live, Jeff, I consider everything I have to do. What's the worst case scenario? It's 25 below and I've got to try and pour gas into a generator outside or I've got to try and put my snow plow on. I think we talked about this on another show. I was stacking my wood and getting all this stuff ready when it was 80 degrees outside and pleasant to do. So for, for us here, 
I'm using the propane. I would not want to have to go and fill up gas cans all the time, travel back and forth with them. Not something I'm interested in doing. I, I personally would not care for any kind of gasoline, but the propane hooked up to the generator is my solution for that. There's also an issue with natural gas, Jeff. We were talking about this a little bit last night and I had talked about the generator that my father had put in our home where I grew up in California. And he put that up maybe 30 years ago. And when that went up, I mean, it was very expensive. A very large generator was probably the size of a minivan. And that was, you know, what my dad was saying was the great thing about that is it fires up right away and it's hooked up to the city gas. Jeff, (laughs) if there's a failure in the infrastructure, what do you think is going to also fail? You know, for me, it seems unlikely that if everything goes out for a long period of time, for whatever reason, and you want to plan for the worst case scenario, I'm not going to count on natural gas coming to the house. Yeah, do you remember that? I, I'm sure you do because you lived right there. Do you remember the uh, earthquake that happened during the, I think it was a World Series game in San Francisco? Because I was yep. actually, I can remember because I was actually watching the game and all of a sudden the game was off. I was like, what was that? What happened? And you guys had a, a, a it was a massive earthquake because it destroyed a lot of houses. And I remember when they finally got, uh, news there and they had the pictures coming in of all the devastation and they were showing all these fires and a lot of them were natural gas pipes mm-hmm. that were causing fires so what happened was it sheared off the pipes the natural ga- gas is gone and if you're counting on that generator to have natural gas to give you electric well if there's an earthquake, you may not have your generator producing anything because you won't have any natural gas to run it. It's a two-edged sword. You can. It's a great idea because as long as there's natural gas, you're going to have electric. But the second the natural gas is gone, you're out of luck. Now, with the propane, you got a tank. You know, if there's an earthquake, you may have some shaking. You may have a broken line, but you may... You probably are just able to replace that line going to the generator. You know, there's a, the likelihood of losing it completely is far less with the propane. The likelihood of having an earthquake here in Pennsylvania is very low. So for me, it would probably behoove me to have something that's natural gas because the lines likely aren't going to be broken with an earthquake. So it's really dependent on where you live, what's your likelihood of things that are going to go bad. Uh, if you live in a coastal area where there's hurricanes, uh, you know, the flooding may be a problem. You may need to think about how you uh, mount your generator. Your generator on the ground there would be a bad place for it because it likely get flooded. So, you know, everywhere you go, you're going to have to assess how your local conditions are going to affect what you do. Yeah, and in an area that susp- uh, that could be subject, I should say, to a, a storm swell, then you're going to, a storm surge, beg your pardon, then you're going to maybe want something that's portable that you can move around regardless of what kind of fuel. But, you know, we talk about the natural gas earlier. I was mentioning transport and the acquisition of the fuel. I will say this, it's really easy to have a generator that's set up to natural gas on the city because you don't have to go out and buy any, you just pay for it as you use it, so it's there. But the problem is, 
if for some reason there's no power and the infrastructure fails and they can't get that gas to you, or again, like you mentioned with the Loma Prieta quake, then you have fires and you're not going to get that gas, then that really, really expensive generator is useless. So in that case here, again, if in downtown Colville where I am, they do have houses that are that are supported with natural gas, but out in the sticks where I am, we don't have that kind of support. So again, I run everything on propane. If I did have a generator running on natural gas, one of the big ones, like I was talking about, I would like to see if maybe there was an option to uh, convert it. Like you were mentioning the hybrid, Jeff, to go from natural gas to my alternative form of fuel. At that point, it would likely not be another form of that gas like propane, but more like a petroleum based like gasoline or diesel, that sort of product. So, you know, that's that's something like that. But it's interesting when you said that you were watching the um, the game on TV, that was the World Series. I was actually not in California when that happened. I was in Havasu City, Arizona, competing in the World Jet Ski Finals. And we went to go and pick up some friends at their hotel. So we were gonna go out to dinner and one of the guys leans out the over the balcony and yells, there's been a 7.0 earthquake in San Francisco. The Bay Bridge is out and the World Series has been canceled. We just looked at him. Shut up and get in the car. We're going to go to dinner. Lo and behold, we get there and they had a big screen TV with that in the news. And then I saw how um, Interstate 80, 880, not, not Interstate 80, but Highway 880 had the Nimitz Freeway had, uh, had collapsed. And I saw the marina. And remember, San Francisco, is uh, that was all sand where that was built up. And when that sand, when it was, when it was uh, the shaking, it actually liquefied the, the base on which all these houses were. So that's how I saw all those houses crumble. At that point, a generator is not going to help you. But it definitely means if you're not one of those areas that were, was devastated, you're not going to be getting that natural gas. So again, I'm not a big fan of in an emergency, self-reliant situation being reliant upon city fuel city water, city power, any of the above. My personal favorite choice is the home generator that is not portable, that will start up right away with a large amount of propane, and then be able to turn it on, turn it off as you want. So the other thing I was asking um, some of our followers, this one, I had a conversation with Andrew this morning. I told him who we were doing this show, Jeff. And I asked what the big benefit for why you would want to have a generator at all. And we're going to get into that after we thank our musical sponsors, Roxanne. Walk away Pretending things will be okay
Music for this program has been brought to you by Roxanne, courtesy of Rat Pack Records. Radio Silence is the album and is available on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, RatPackRecordsAmerica.com, and RoxanneBand.com. Welcome back to the Red Hot Chili Prepper podcast, episode number 44. Jeff Johnson and I are talking about home generators. The basic point of the show is to discuss the the best sources of fuel, but we're bringing in all these other tangential considerations as well. But one of the reasons I I wanted to ask for some listener comments, I reached out to one of our our favorites and I said, what do you think is a great way to, uh, or a great reason to have a home generator and what would your purpose for fuel would be or your preference for fuel would be. And we didn't really get into that, but he had a great point. One of the major changes we're seeing with this, God, I hate the term new normal. One of the ways people have been trying to cope now since what's been going on in 2020, a lot of people are working at home. If there's one positive I can see from all this nonsense is the fact that employers are realizing that their employees can be very productive and a lot happier if they can, in fact, work at home. Many, many benefits from that. But what does that mean? Well, what happens if you're on a conference call and your power goes out? You can get right back on. Jeff, we've had shows where our power's gone out. Yeah, our our communication gets disrupted because the routers have to get back online again, but we can essentially stay functional. And if you have a generator and you can be functional and not have disruptions, constantly telling your employer, sorry, the power went out, you're going to be able to be a lot more efficient. And even if you don't have an employer, you can continue doing what you want to do at your home and be productive, whether or not you work for somebody. So I thought that was a great point. I think, and then ultimately, you're going to eventually run out of fuel. You are eventually going to, you know, if you have a if you have a solar generator or a solar power generator, fantastic. But ultimately, if you're going to run out of power, think about ways to live without it. And that's going to be the topic for another show. Can you light your house? Can you cook your food? Can you wash your clothes? Can you access your well? Can you get to your well water? That's a really important thing. When I was in California, Jeff, our home out there, we were one of the very few properties that was um, not attached to this, that didn't have its own well. We were one of the few that was attached to city water. And because I learned from my neighbors that when the power went out, they could not get water. They couldn't flush their toilets. They couldn't do any of this stuff that we take for granted. Now, my well is attached, it is run by um, a power pump. But one of the things I want to do is have a way so I can access it without it. But again, I always plan for redundancy. Not only do I store water, but I also have a creek. So all I have to do is 
boil and filter that water. But do consider what it's going to take to live a life without power. Jeff, I think that would be a topic, a really fun topic for us to cover at some point. And Jeff, unless you have anything else you want to contribute, which is always uh, appreciated, we can wrap up the show. Well, I want to go back to one thing you addressed earlier. You said something about budget. But it really comes down to the Generac type generators are not inexpensive. If you have the budget to put one in, that is that is the best choice. I'm hoping when I build my structure up on my new property that I have the money available to put a Generac in. That being said, if you don't have that, there are very inexpensive generators that are very good. I bought a Champion for my camper and it was expensive. Absolutely not. But you know what? It runs. I One pull, it starts every time. you got to get what is best for you as far as your, your budget. Budget will drive everything. I would highly suggest, though, that you get one of the dual fuels. Get one that runs on gas and one on propane. Yes, it will cost you a little more, but you will be able to set up something that will be good for long term gasoline is not a great long-term solution propane is much easier to store and it's easier for them to drop a tank and get a large quantity rather than trying to store a large quantity of gasoline uh just you know go with whatever your budget can do and just do it you know mentioning the tanks and this will be my my final thought on this on this subject is when i was looking at my home i had a friend that was looking with me and giving me some advice and one of the things he said he asked the owner of the house is who owns the propane tanks and i had never thought of this and the owner said i own them these are my tanks and that's a good thing because if you don't own the tank own the tanks you could have an agreement where you're beholden to the owners of those tanks who might be leasing them to you and then other companies are not able to come and fill them for you. That never occurred to me. And from what I was told, that could be an issue. So I have my own tanks, even though I still uh, have my have them filled exclusively by the guys that I bought the bigger tank from. Anybody will come and fill them. Again, I'd never imagined that was an issue that was brought up to me. And so, yeah, that's a uh, hope this information was helpful. But yeah, you never really appreciate your generator until... You really need one. This has been the Red Hot Chili Prepper Podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>